Welcome to the conference room with this week's guest, Jules Vitality. Maximize that because that is really your business card. Put what you would have put on a business card in the traditional world on your social media. Treat your social media as your business card and your resume. Welcome to The Conference Room, a weekly podcast where business leaders and growth experts kindly share their experiences, actionable tips, and secrets to successfully grow a business. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help us out. And I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to The Conference Room. Good afternoon and welcome to The Conference Room. I'm joined by Jules Vitality. Jules is a podcast host. She's a summit host, a speaker, a social media and visibility coach, and she's the CEO of Positive Impact. Jules helps her clients maximize their online presence to achieve the ideal work-life balance by working smarter, not harder, and by creating systems for repeatable, sustainable revenue for their businesses. Her podcast, Positive Impact TV, has over 100,000 views on YouTube, and she has over 50,000 followers across her social media channels. And I'm delighted to say we finally dragged her into the conference room. So good afternoon, Juice Vitality, and welcome to the conference room. Thank you. Thank you, Simon, for this amazing introduction. I was like, wow, i got to listen to this episode myself. I'm so, sure it's going to so be. So blessed to be here. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute blinder. So every hero has a hor- an origin story and you're the heroine of our story. So tell me, how did you get from just starting out to now being this amazing presence and providing so much positive impact to your clients? Thank you for that question. I don't really like to drag it out too, too much. So I'll highlight two elements to you as in the answer to your question so one is the trigger and the trigger was a bunch of trauma that i experienced in my life and i was clinically depressed had anxiety mental fog could barely drag my heels through the day didn't want to get out of bed and one day i woke up and i said i'm sick of being sick so i somehow pulled it together started following positive Instagram pages and listening to podcasts, looking up stuff that I was suffering with and learning how to overcome it on my own, because as we know, medicine can only go so far. So one day, I don't exactly remember how I said to myself, I'd like to do for other people what all these Instagram pages and shows and podcasts did for me. They healed me. They started me on the healing journey. So I'm going to start a show and I'm going to call it Positive Impact, Positive Impact TV, because I'm very, very visual. I like to see the person I'm talking to. I like to see the person I'm interviewing. And even though you can tune out and listen to it, I I like to get the vibe and and the energy of the person and see their face. So I chose YouTube as my platform. Some of my, my episodes are on audio, but the main point is that what helped me motivated me to do more of that for others and spread that positive impact and healing to others. So I started interviewing life coaches and getting that beautiful knowledge, their stories, their journey, their healing tips and resources 
out to my audience. So that was sort of the trigger. Then I remembered, okay, I'm an entrepreneur now. I'm running this show. I need to figure out what the heck I do in the online business world. You remember so I started... I was going to say, you remember that money helps you buy things and you want to I remembered. I remembered that I was actually, you know, starting to do that part-time and then more and more closer to full-time. And I'm like, okay, well, how, what, what do we do now? So I started taking a whole lot of coaching, including business coaching. And I remember one of the first coaches, actually, she was a guest in one of my episodes. And she was also a business coach. And I took her training. And one of the moments that were really, really memorable and and for me was dreaming big and imagining yourself if money was no object what would you want to do in the world and she got us to record it as a video and put it on the facebook group for that event and i forgot what i did but a year later i went back and i watched that video and everything that i said out in that video being a community host a show host whatever else i said i was that plus more and that proved to me the power of setting an intention first of all allowing yourself to dream and imagine then setting an intention putting a plan together and actually making a positive difference a positive action toward that goal toward that dream Every day or every day when it was possible, because I also was dealing with my own recovery from mental health issues. I had a family, kids, so there was a lot going on. But when I watched that video, I cried, realizing how far I've gone. And I'd never, ever thought it was possible because the the idea of that video was to create, uh, she called it a big, hairy, audacious goal. The one that scares you, the one that you do not think you can do. And when I was sort of past that, I was like, well, it's it's not even that scary. It's not. And now I have to come up with something bigger than that. But it was also a, a good indicator for me that business coaching and mindset coaching are an essential part of an entrepreneur's life. And now it's part of what I do. I constantly learn. I'm a proponent of continual learning. If we're not growing, we're dying. So... I grow myself and I pass it to my clients. I pass it to my audience. I bring on guests just like yourself that can help my audience improve in one way or another. So this is basically in the nutshell how I got started and what kind of propelled me forward. It's amazing. And what a great story. So your so tell me about who who are your clients? Who do you typically look to serve? Well, it's interesting as well, because initially I wasn't even thinking who would my clients be. I was just thinking, who would my guests be? Mm. But as I was providing the visibility platforms for my guests, um, a show was just one of them. I also have a digital magazine. I run events and so on. So as people were approaching me and wanting to get more visible in front of my audience and audiences and others, I was interviewing them, pre-interviewing them and learning about their business. What we were finding as a common denominator in 99% of the cases was that people were interested in creating an inflow into their bucket, so to speak, but the bucket was full of holes. So they did not retain any of that audience in front of which they were speaking. So little by little, I was sharing for free 
what I was learning in my own business coaching that I was paying for, that I paid a lot of money for. I was just giving away these little tips to help these businesses get in a better shape so that when they actually do get to speak and show up on platforms, that they actually have that lead generation strategy from A to Z. And, you know, more and more people were asking me about that and, and, you know, booking calls and I was spending hours of my day and I'm like, I'm doing business coaching. I'm doing business coaching. And I'm like, why what is obvious to me is not obvious to these people and more and more people sort of on the on the brinks on the outside of my audience were saying Jules you should be teaching others this stuff it what's obvious to you what you take for granted is news to other people you Mm. are a step ahead of someone and that that is something everybody in, in your audience should remember that whatever you know today you are a step ahead of somebody who doesn't know that yet so really, everybody has something they can teach and share or inspire others to do because we are all experts in something. And even if we're not experts by definition, we could have a certain number, um, a greater experience or greater understanding or a different angle or be more authentic about something. And we all have that value that we can share and offer either to our audience or to our clients. So, you know, to, to kind of wrap that up, that, that question, basically right now, People who come to me, they they come primarily for visibility. And we identify that in order for them to actually be successful with their visibility efforts, yes, they can come to my platforms and, and, and speak and write, but let's fix the holes. Let's retain more of the people that they speak in front of, that that you know consume the content that they create. And that, that applies to social media content as well. I literally look at it as digital PR. In fact, one of my web pages was called digitalpr.works. Because digital PR is basically our digital footprints we leave behind online. And in the online space, serving a global audience, we use different strategies than we do in the brick and mortar, Mm. right? So being aware of that, being aware that every time we show up online, we leave a footprint. And having, having a strategy and leaving that footprint strategically pays in the long run and it also creates a foundation and i also show out of evergreen principles that you do something once and you reap for a long time you create evergreen assets podcast episodes being one of them right because people find them over a period of time so we speak today somebody could be listening to it months or years from now right so i teach my clients not to mention something that they're rolling out this week right the book that's getting published tomorrow Right. Because when that episode actually gets consumed could be a different time frame than when it's produced. Mm. So having these principles in mind and having something evergreen that they can invite people to is also part of the strategy. Because often people invite others to something that's going to be obsolete in a month. Maybe they have a launch and and somebody's going to consume that episode in two months. Well, they're going to be too late for that launch. So. Having a strategy that specifically applies to growing a business through visibility efforts is a different strategy than anything else online or offline. Okay. So let's dig into we'll get into that in, in, in just a moment, but just sort of taking a step back, okay. Um when you speak to your clients that are struggling with um creating an online presence and having that online visibility, what are the key pain points they seem to be experiencing? Clarity, clarity. A lot of them are spread thin between multiple passions. 
as entrepreneurs, we are multi-passionate, we are multi-talented, and we want to serve the world in every possible way. Unfortunately, that is not something to be known for. In the online space, it has to be pretty targeted. I remember having an intake call with someone it took me 20 minutes and I kept asking, what do you want to be known for? What do you do? Who do you help? And he kept saying, I can help anybody with anything. And for 20 minutes, I've been asking the same question and I finally just gave up. I said, well, you know what? It's not a good match because I don't even know how I can introduce you to anyone, right? You want to be known for something primarily. You want to have a primary offer. You want to have a reputation, a brand, a brand that has a message, right? Just like all the big brands that you know have. And, it, and I'm not talking about your set of fonts or colors you use. We're talking about a theme. We're talking about something where, where you're recognizable. Between different platforms, when you show up on, on a certain stage, people are going to go look you up where? Not in Yellow Pages anymore, right? They're going to go look you up on social media. So if you show up, let's say, on uh, you know uh, a podcast and then they go look for you on social media and you have a completely different title, completely different message, you know, content that doesn't have anything to do with what you spoke about on the podcast. It's just going to create confusion. And when people are confused, they leave, mm. right? So having clarity and focus is one of the things I find that, that is often lacking. Having the strategy, having the bridge between why they're showing up on a stage and where, what is the final result or final step they want their lead or their prospect to take in order to become their client there are many many disconnects i find it's not a it's not a path it's more of a roller coaster they're putting their potential client through it really they they need to jump through hoops to get from a to z well i when i look at them and i go what can you put yourself in your client's experience user experience can you follow that path yourself without getting confused? Right. So that is definitely a huge issue that I'm finding, even with people who are professional, right, who've been in business for a long time. I find that they really deviate a lot and they use a lot of old school ways. Right. Um, authors, for example, are very slanted towards selling their book. Mm. Whereas that may not be the most beneficial and the most smooth way for their client to get from A to Z, Z being their high-end ticket coaching, for example, right? A book sale, sale is going to generate $2 for them, right? So is it an important step? Yes, it's going to, you know, boost your ego, right? So that you sold more copies, but is it going to make you more money, right? Also, spinning their wheels, I just spoke to someone this morning who paid $3,000 for a six-month coaching program, and the coach got him to create a piece of content every day that she would review, critique, make him to correct it, you know, be more authentic, be more funny, whatever, and he would he was completely exhausted. I said, okay, so what were your results after the six weeks? He had 10 more followers in those six months, and his list is still under 100. Wow. Yeah. So why were we executing that strategy? Very labor intensive, very emotionally involved, very, yes, mindset and authenticity are very important. But if you take things out of context, if you overdo one piece of the strategy, losing the big picture, 
you're going to end up spinning your wheels and getting stuck there. It's mm. not propelling you to the next step. And mm. it's not helping you to propel your customer to the next step. I asked him, I said, what was your call to action on all your steps? Well, nothing. She was saying that one day those posts will be shareable and create engagement and likes. Well, this is not the strategy I teach on social media. When people hear the word social media coach, they think, oh, maybe you know, she's going to help me create content. No, no, no. I use content to help you get leads and convert the leads. Co content is a tool. It's not the thing. Okay? Content creation is something we utilize as coaches. We don't become content creators. We're not getting paid by Instagram. We're not getting paid by Facebook. And even if we do, it's pennies, guys. Same as YouTube. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's pennies. The money is made on coaching, not on content creation. And often people misunderstand that. We can create a year's worth of content in hours with all the tools available to us today, including AI, including automation, copy, paste, and Canva, whatever you name it. It's easy. Content needs to have a strategy. And again, less time, more conversion is the key. That's fantastic. So, so when you when you think about people that are that are having these pain points, so you mentioned um, a lack of clarity, a lack of direction, not knowing what the right strategy is. Okay, what do you feel are the core problems that are the root of these pains? That is a great question, and even though I may, may not answer it the way the way you positioned it, but let me just mention something that I, oh, I, I want to kind of educate everybody about. Guys, a lot of you, unfortunately, probably already made this mistake, but those of you who haven't yet, I hope that you will not. When you hear or see a post like, I'll help you get from zero to six figures overnight or over whatever, two weeks, three weeks, 90 days, or I'll get you from, you know, five to seven figures or from whatever. Figures. Anybody who uses the word figures, okay, in their content, run. Why is that? It is a bait. It is actually a social media strategy that is taught by certain coaches, by certain coaching schools, okay? Those posts are bait posts. What are they meant to do? They're meant to grab your attention create an impression that they have a quick solution. We all love, you know, immediate gratification, right? Nobody wants to work, right? We all think there's a secret formula that's going to make it rich overnight, right? So we click on the bait, okay? Normally, it leads you to something along the lines of a visual sales letter, a webinar, um, a free download, and as you're checking out from the free download, it leads you to buy this or book a strategy call with me, guys. Strategy calls are sales calls. Not against it. Not against it. What I'm warning you about is the initial post that says figures, whatever, six, eight, seven, whatever, 15,000 figures. Okay. If somebody's promising you a financial result, knowing nothing about you, your abilities, your business. You could be an Avon lady. How are they going to take you to eight figures? They cannot possibly take you to an eight figures, okay? So do not believe promises that sound fishy, that sound like it's a quick fix, that sound that you're going to get rich overnight. Just like crypto spams, okay? This is another type of overpromising. 
and under-delivering. People get burnt. People jump on those calls, sit through those calls. These are very well-crafted sales scripts that will ask you something like this. What are you struggling with? Mm, what did you try? Mm, didn't work for you? Mm, okay, what I have will work for you. Now give me your money. So this is basically the structure of those sales calls, right? And what are you going to end up be doing is joining some sort of a big ticket program, usually a group group sort of, sort of coaching program where you're going to be a number. I've heard of people paying $25,000 for masterminds and they were among hundreds of people. They could never even get their hand answered. Okay. So I would say interview the coach. You can sit through that sales script if you want to, if you ended up in that situation, but I would then interview the coach, prepare your questions, know what you want from a coaching program, what you need, what kind of support you need, how much you're willing to spend, ask for the credentials of the coach, ask for the proof, do not believe the reviews that they you know slap on their websites that can be created in Canva, okay? I asked my clients to put reviews on my Facebook page dot reviews because they can be validated. You can click on that person and see who are they. Do they even look like a client or do they look like a Filipino virtual assistant? Mm -hmm. And they're putting their testimonial like I helped them grow their, their coaching business to eight figures, right? So you can actually do a little bit of checking and background checking on this person. Google them. Watch podcast episodes where the coach was interviewed. See if you connect with them. You can always say, you know what? I'm going to go do my homework, then I'll get back to you if I want to work with this coach. I like what I'm hearing. Sounds like you guys can help me, but I'd like to do a bit more research. I want to go Google this person. I want to find them on social media. I want to see what their content is like. I want to go listen to some of their episodes, watch some of their videos, take some of their free trainings, see if I align with their style. Then I'm going to give them my money. Okay, so so you're right, absolutely, and uh, and interestingly, before before I work with pretty much anybody um, here or in Salisi, my headhunting business, um, I always look for uh, testimonials, and then whether it's the testimonials they put on their own website, or whatever, and then I'll go and find who that person is on LinkedIn. If I can't find them, then I'm running a mile, right? And if I can find them, I'll reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm thinking of engaging with this." software this coach this organization what's your experience right and interestingly um there have been a number of times where i've had responses of yeah i used them three years ago i gave them a, i gave them a really positive review uh, because they asked for it after like the first month but then it really kind of tailed off and they weren't that good afterwards and it's really interesting that a lot of people still use those uh those sort of um, kind of outdated testimonials when clearly the client is not that happy with them. But just sort of taking our attention back to how to, um, if you like, bridge that gap, okay? So you're right that there are a lot of kind of shady people out there and it is super important when you are looking for someone to help you with um, anything, but particularly for the context of our conversation, um, being more present on social media and having more of a of a social media presence and having that expanded. Okay, what are the key elements that you that you advise and you guide your clients through in order to achieve that? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And let me just kind of connect the dots here. So the reason why I've been brought up at the coaching space is because what I find is that that what I attribute that to the first problem that I mentioned is lack of clarity, mm. because there are a lot of confusing strategies out there. For example, I'm sure you've heard go to 100 stages a year. It's out there, right? Go show up on 100 stages. Your business is bound to grow just like that, right? Just yeah. Like There's a big thing right now of borrow other people's audiences and it, you just go out and talk to any audience. Yes. I always ask people, what is your audience? What are you offering? What is your list? What is your social media following? Because every time you go and want to appear in front of somebody else's audience, you have to be of value to them. Mm. My guests promote my show by letting their audience, their followers know that they're going to be on my show. So I show up as a host in front of these additional people. So it is a give and take, right? And the more of a following, the more of a list you have, the more of the higher caliber people, more influential people are going to want to collaborate with you whether it's cross-guesting, podcast, joint ventures, any any kind of um, partnerships, any kind of opportunities, which is one of the strategies I highly, highly promote is establishing relationships with people. And in order for us to do that, our list and social media following becomes our signature. It becomes our digital asset. Even though... We know statistically only a small percentage of our own audience and our own list will ever buy from us. Nevertheless, it is in a way our resume, mm-hmm. right? It's in a way showing the level of our business. It's a level of our influence. If we don't have anything to back us up with in this digital age, you know, things like what you mentioned in the beginning, you know, about number of views, number of downloads could potentially be qualifiers, right? Well, in the coaching space, in the digital consulting space, your list size and your social media following really defines your level of success, mm. right? And then those are those become your currency to then further your strategy and then, you know, find the people who can help you, find the people who connect you with the right resources, the right people, put you in front of their audiences, right? So the idea is, so we're sort of, instead of just going doing it blindly and showing up at, on shows, we're now doing it strategically, right? We're connecting with people whose audiences are already loyal to them. And mm. in the way podcasting falls into that category because, you know, your followers, your your people who download your episodes know you as a host. So people you bring on to your show, you kind of stand behind them. Same goes with any kind of partnerships and joint ventures. Right. Okay. And are there any particular um, strategies that you would recommend when it comes to, for example, building a list? If somebody's just starting out or mm-hmm. like the person you mentioned before, where their list was really stagnant and they, you know, that they'd had some advice that was very sort of poor and hadn't really helped them grow their list. What strategies would you recommend for people that really wanted to build a list? I would keep in mind that that is really one of our objectives and pretty much all of the digital footprints we leave online has to somehow lead to you collecting that email. There are multiple ways of doing that. One way is through a lead magnet. 
Mm. Another way is through inviting them to your community. And why and as when they join the community, they give you their email. You can ask them to subscribe to your newsletter. You can ask them to subscribe to your podcast, your show. One of the most effective ways is a lead magnet because you're offering them something of value in return. Mm. And it also works in um, connecting with the pain points of the audience. So just like you asked me about the pain points, uh, for example, my lead magnet talks about three social media mistakes that uh, scare away your clients, your prospects, right? So that is my lead magnet. And there are only three very simple strategies, right? But people want to know these things. Because very simply, they can fix that. They can fix those holes in their bucket and they're going to be more successful. So I offer them this lead magnet in exchange for their email. And I do not overwhelm them with emails. I send them invitations to events, tips. If I have a new episode, I share it with them. So I like not to abuse the list. So there are a lot of people who collect the list and, and their strategies to put it in the funnel, automate it, and just, you know, bombard people with you know, impersonal emails or whatever sequences, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that could work depending on the strategy and depending on the numbers. But when we're just starting to grow the list, it's good to keep it nice and personal and very much value driven. So I'd say I, my signature style is to use social media and list together. Mm-hmm. So social media is like our business card, right? And our social media profiles are like that little business card we used to give to someone. It's a very valuable real estate, especially the about section and the little bio section. So if you do not have a link to your lead magnet or your link tree with a lead magnet, right in your bio, you're missing out. That is that is the minimum, the minimum. And so many people do not. Or another mistake that I see people make on the other side of the spectrum they give away too much without asking for an email. They'll give people a gift. They'll give people an ebook. They'll give people a training. And they will never, ever ask for their email. Just this morning, I talked to someone. He's like, I believe, you know, that when they read my ebook, then they'll come looking for me. But ebook is the second least converting lead magnet, meaning people do not download it. They do not read it. Do not finish reading it. it because it takes time. Right. And number one, least converting lead magnet is book a strategy call with me because people know it's going to cost their time. Yeah. Time is the most valuable, non-renewable resource. So guys, if we at least take these principles in mind, keep them in mind when we're creating content, when we're creating lead magnets, cost to action, anything really, then we'll be more successful. Understanding the client's journey, their user experience, giving them something of value, constantly leading you with value, but not being shy to invite people always to the most logical next step. I learned that in one of the trainings, speaker trainings, actually, I did. And a lot of speakers don't do that. And speaking is also being a guest on the podcast, guys. So it's a, it's a principle of effective speaking. Always leave people with the most logical next step. If you learn nothing else from this episode, remember this. And because your end goal is to grow your client base, in order for you to do that, you need to grow your social media following in the list. Your logical next step would be to give them something in exchange for their email. So um, I, I'm sure you're the same. Um, I download tons of lead magnets, tons of them, um, for inspiration, for ideas, for advice, for guidance. And it's I don't know whether I am um, in the majority or in the minority. I prefer... Personally, a smaller lead magnet 
that gives me a small amount of actionable um, something. Okay. You're bang um, on. And a, a quick, simple win, right? Whereas a lot of the lead banks that I've downloaded are 30, 40, 60, 100 pages of pack full of value, but I haven't got the time to read all that. And there is a school of thought that if you just overwhelm and just tsunami people with value, then it will build loyalty. I have to say, for me, that doesn't really work. Uh, for me, it's like, okay, that was awesome, but I'm never going to get around to reading it. And I kind of forget about it. So in your mind, with your how you coach your clients and the, and the strategies you've seen to be the most successful, what do you think are the most effective lead magnets? You're bang on. You're bang on. It's cheat sheets. It's checklists. It's something that fit in one page or a small slideshow, something that you can, remember this, guys, look at on your mobile so many lead magnets are not mobile friendly. You need to like zoom in in order for, for you to find, you know, what the text is saying. Everything you produce should be mobile friendly. Okay. For that reason, you can use social media post format to create your lead magnet. Mm. Okay. You can use Canva and publish it as a website. You can do so many different things. The shorter, the better. Tips are great. Top three top five is probably max okay right. as soon as you say top 100 people go forget it it's going to take my time so you're bang on you just proved my point you don't want to spend your valuable time consuming something that may or may not be helpful you first want to validate that there is an alignment between you and the person who created that lead magnet right when there is an alignment and when there's a little bit of a light bulb moment or when you agree with something or when it helped you with something, you go, oh, I'm going to like what that person's saying. What, what else do they have? Then you go to the invitation. At the end of the lead magnet, there is always an invitation to the most logical next step. What do you want a person to do after they downloaded your lead magnet? That's where a lot of people drop the ball too, because they think right. that's the end, right? No, now what do you want them to do, right? And after that thing, what else do you want them to do? So you, it, it is the bridge. So we build the bridge, the strategy, and then we execute it step by step, right? So on the on the beginning end is your first time speaking to somebody's audience, but in the in the in the end is you having either the conversation, offering your high ticket program to that person, or maybe it's them watching your recorded training, and then at the end of that training, again you offer them the most logical next step of working with you, maybe signing up for your group membership resource library, whatever it is that you're offering, right? But as a minimum, they're already in your email list. So even if they drop off at any of these points, because it, it is also a matter of time, the person may not have the, the demand, because it's flat in demand, right? The demand may not occur at the moment, okay? Just to give you an example, if you lead with value, if you let people know what the most natural next step is, even if they do not take it, when the need arises, they will come back. In the last month, I had three people come back to me. I had conversations with them in the beginning of the summer. They came back to me and gave me their money. Right. They did their research. They compared me to other options. Okay. They followed my content for a bit longer. So you guys need to continue being authentic and showing up and showing people what you have to offer. They already had the offer. They just had to act on it. 
So it's okay. There may be a lag between you making an offer and them acting on it. But a lot of another mistake people make is they never actually make an offer. They always just give value and they give content and they educate, but they never invite people right. to work with them because they're scared of sales. They don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be pushy. So they don't even mention that they have a coaching program. They don't even mention it. One Go dig the, it out yourself somewhere. Yeah. One of the one of the themes that comes back time after time uh, with guests on, on this podcast are never be afraid of selling because at the end of the day, you are providing a, t- a solution to someone who needs it. And if they don't need it, that's fine. But if they do, you are providing a solution. You are helping them. And it's your duty to the world to provide that help. You know what's interesting, though? I had this big training. I remember, I think it was on YouTube Shorts. And I had a bunch of people in the, in the, on the Zoom call. And I said to them, I just want to kind of get an understanding here. How many of you here are lacking a strategy as to what you need to do? So two people raised their hand. Okay. I said, okay, how many people here have too many strategies that just don't know which ones to use? More people raised their hands. And then I said, okay, question number three. How many here know exactly what you need to do? That you don't have the structure, the support, the accountability, the discipline, the productivity tools to actually get stuff done. Everybody Everybody put their hand up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know? So for that reason, I created Monday morning calls Mm. to give people that space. And yes, I teach strategies. Yes, I, I teach them things. But really, it's a container. I call them kick you in the gear Mondays. Right. I need them. I join calls before that call. I join a call from on the group coaching program I'm in to get myself out of bed, get myself in the work mode, to just get myself in that mode. Even if I learn nothing, even if I just hear other people ask questions, it's just something we need as entrepreneurs because we do not have that nine to five structure. We right. do not have a boss. We do not have a list of duties for this week. We have to do it ourselves, right? So sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes right. it's not about the strategy; it's about execution. Absolutely. Now this is this is fantastic. So, Jules, we've covered an awful lot of ground, okay? But to kind of bring it all into a nice tight conclusion, what are your top three tips if somebody wants to be successful projecting themselves on social media? This consistency. Okay. What I mean by that is uh, make sure you show up the same on all platforms. Make sure you have the same photo. I know it goes without saying, but you know how many times I see this? Same photo on all of your social media. Please, especially if you change your hair color, ladies, do not use that image on different platforms, okay? I'd say majority of your content should be professional. If you want to... Let people know who you are as a person. That's okay. You know, I sprinkle my content with lifestyle stuff. But do not tell people you went for a walk to walk your dog and you picked up their poop and boring stuff that you did all day. Okay. Use your private personal pages for, for that. Okay. If you are an entrepreneur, if you have a business, use social media for business. Honestly, this is one thing I see all the time. People, people applying, just like, you know, I, I would put a post who wants to speak on this show, da, 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 and they would apply, and I go click on their profile and see, and I'm like, I don't even know, this person, this person a speaker, they're an author, they're a coach. They have like flowers in their background, all of their family pictures. I'm like, why would I want to, my show is for professionals and coaches. Why would I 
No, because they're using their social media wrong, incorrectly, okay? And the tip number three is that the, when the person looks at your profile as, as a, in a public view, okay, meaning they do not see any of your personal information, okay, what do they see? They see your banner, they see your photo, they see your title, and they see your little tiny little bit of bio, I think it's like a, I don't know, 50 or 100 characters that Facebook, for example, allows you. Maximize that because that is really your business card. Put what you would have put on a business card in the traditional world on your social media. Treat your social media as your business card and your resume. Okay. And if you do that as a minimum, I, I guarantee you, if you also keep the strategy in mind that everything you do needs to lead people into your environment through email okay or through your community if you keep that goal in mind and everything you post brings people closer to you you invite them into your network then you'll you'll see that grow you'll see that grow you'll see your fans are going to show up and this is a principle called client attraction so instead of chasing people you're attracting people right okay i think that was two is there one more that was three was that three? Okay. Consistency, using it for professional reasons, not for personal reasons, and using the real estate like your business card. Right. Got it. Okay, perfect. Uh, by the way, just to add to that, um, I remember the first time you and I interacted online. You may not remember this. I do. Um, was was you, comment, uh, you and I were in the same group on something on Facebook, and then I commented on a, a post that you'd made I commented on a comment that you'd made on, on someone else's post in a group. And then you sent me a personal message chastising me for not having a strong enough bio in my Facebook. And uh, from that chastisement, we connected and, you know, we've become really good friends. And I'm, I'm I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah. So if you go back, you'll see it's like, you're going, why haven't you put that? And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So, so there you go. Oh, I did. And goodness. I can certainly tell you that the uh, results certainly paid off. So, um, Jules, what's next for you and for Positive Impact? Well, I am huge uh, on mindset and also on good habits and routines. So I started doing an evergreen summit. So basically, it's a project that goes on year round and I invite everybody to join us in this project. It's called Self-Care, Self-Love, Self-Confidence. And we talk about success principles, mindset, routines that help us uh, have vitality, joy, uh, be productive, be effective as entrepreneurs, employees, family members, doesn't matter. So we're always looking for more speakers. We're looking for people to support us in you know, getting this in front of new audiences. And we're also looking for people who want to come and learn. So you can join as a guest, as a speaker, as a partner, uh, get a hold of me. You can find me anywhere at positiveimpact.tv or as Jules Vitality, you can just look me up. And uh, I wanted to offer your audience uh, my lead magnet, my gift, my freebie, which is the three social media mistakes. Those are the new three tips that I didn't mention <laughs> um, that would make your social media interaction so much more effective and focused in the same amount of time you're already spending on social media. And it is available at prjules.com, P-R-J-U-L-Z.com. And uh, I have to tell people I have actually downloaded it myself. I've used it and it's fantastic. So uh, it comes with the official endorsement of the conference room and we don't endorse anything. So that's really And it's cool. super quick, super short. You guys can just literally consume it in one minute. 
it's like one it's it's like what it's not even on a pdf is it? it's a web page it's a three it's slides like one, yeah yeah it's three just squares. One screen and uh super quick super useful and if you're after a quick win, it's definitely there. So, Jules, if people wanted to reach out to you, as well as going to prjules.com, how else can they reach out to you and connect with you? Uh, my email is info at prjules.com, or they can just look me up anywhere on any social media, Jules Vitality. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. TikTok is not my favorite, but, uh, you know, every now and then I cross post on there. Or oh, YouTube, Positive Impact TV on YouTube. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes below. Jules, this has been an absolute joy. I mean, you and I chat fairly frequently. This is the first time I've managed to drag you onto the podcast, and I'm delighted that you finally succumbed to the wiles of the conference room and came on here. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. I've learned an awful lot. I'm sure the people listening have as well. So Jules Vitality, thank you so much for joining us here on the conference room. My pleasure, and I hope that your audience will implement at least one of the tips that we mentioned today, and I guarantee that they will see the Moodle, the, the Moodle, the needle move in their business. Coming up next week on the conference room, I'll be talking to the vice president of global sales engineering of cybersecurity vendor Axonius, Sean Blankhorn. You can have this kind of secondary resources sales engineer who is building technical relationships within an account, gaining trust that way, uh, and then leveraging that within the sales cycle and, and you know having some diversity there. Because there's conversations I can have as a sales engineer that uh, a sales account executive would, would never successfully have. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com to see all the other episodes and to get access to the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your network or better still, go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. It'll only take you a moment, but it'll mean the world to us. And please don't hesitate to tell us which topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To get in touch, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. Just search for The Conference Room Podcast or me, Simon Lader, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm always open to a conversation. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll be alerted when a new episode goes live every week. Thanks so much for listening to The Conference Room, and until next time, keep talking. <laughs>